Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On this show, we talk about the system that we use to get clarity on our goals, certainty on how we'll reach them, and wealthy on our turns by rigging the game in our favor. And we share it here because we wanna help you reach your goals on your terms. You've been told to scale, buy this product, buy that product from every each way. A lot of times from even good meaning people. So it's not your fault when you look around and wonder, why am I not exactly where I want to be in my business? And as our mentor, business partner, Dan Nicholson says, the biggest risk is that we don't get what we want out of life. Got my good friend and business partner in the Whale Club here, Mr. Paul Sparks himself, not only a successful real estate investor, but also a certified certainty advisor. And guys, if you get value out of the show, please hit the subscribe button right now. That way we can help more people become wealthy on their terms. Title for today's show, How to Beat Everyone Else. I am looking forward to this episode. But before we do that, Paul, what's your six-word update? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this too. Uh, so my six-word update today, you can't win an infinite game, mm. which, which we'll talk about uh, today. And this, this concept of finite versus infinite games, I've got a... A uh, book here that's called Finite and Infinite Games. I heard somebody this this last week was was just talking about this idea of business being this infinite game, and I'm I'm really looking forward to diving into that today, and you know tying that back to how you can beat everybody else. Yeah, that was great. It's, I, we're, we're we're plugging everyone's desire to win, right? And that's <laughs> me included, Paul included. So my six word update: Know your currencies, get solvable problem. Um, we just finished up the solvable problem series inside the whale club. We're about to jump into the certainty series. Uh, we do have another solvable problem series starting in, I think in 13 days. Um, and so, you know, as we went through it, it's just funny. Like Paul didn't teach me anything I hadn't heard before, but in going through the exercises, it forced me to reevaluate things. I am super excited with how far we're going to go with this champions list. It's Blows my mind, the, the, the upside, right? The asymmetric uh, upside potential here. It's going to be fun. So, all right. So, how to beat everyone else. So, what is the problem? We're going to argue the problem is everyone's focused on the wrong game. And if you focus on the wrong game, it leads to two things. Either temporary, very temporary dopamine hits, or just dissatisfaction. So got a friend. He did something really cool. Had a conversation with him over the weekend. Did something really, really cool. Actually pretty impressed with what he accomplished. And I asked him, how you feeling? He's like, okay. Like, really? Just okay? He's like, yeah. I mean, that was supposed to happen. Right? That was supposed to happen. Who's had this experience? You set a goal. You accomplished a goal. And then the dopamine lasts for like 30 minutes. Or what's on the other side? You set a goal, you miss the goal, and then it's just massive disappointment and frustration, right? Um, I think the classic example, like the, the epitome of this, of achievement addiction, is Bill Belichick. The dude won seven Super Bowls, right? How long is he smiling after winning the Super Bowl? Not very long. Not very long. I think probably about 30 minutes after winning the Super Bowl, he's happy. Hmm. That's it, right? And it, it, we all have this achievement addiction. And so when you're focused on the wrong goals, 
you're either temporarily satisfied or drastically disappointed. Well, and I think what will break apart today is the difference between a goal orientation and a process orientation. Uh, and if it's okay, I'd like to tell the story of, I got this from our, our business partner, Nick Peterson, and he calls this story, the tallest trees. Mm -hmm. And this just in my mind perfectly illustrates what we're saying. So we'll, I'll kick it off with this little story and, uh, and then we'll, we'll sort of break apart what we're hearing here. So the tallest trees. So let's pretend for a second that Tom and Jane decide they each want to grow a tree. Tom is goal or outcome oriented, and he wants the thing. He wants the tallest tree. Jane is process oriented. She wants to become the kind of person that's amazing at growing trees. There may seem uh, to be similar orientations, but this is likely how it plays out. Okay. So Tom says, you know, I want the tallest tree in town. Jane says, I want to get really good at growing trees, process-based. So they'll start out the same. They'll both water and tend to their trees daily, at least at the beginning. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? Well, Tom won't be happy until he has the tallest tree in town. Every day, Tom gets discouraged that the finish line is so far away. He'll likely start to resent those with taller trees and maybe even feel a little bit behind. Maybe somebody else is further ahead. How does their tree taller than mine? Mm -hmm. Jane's going to be happy that she got the chance every day to get better at growing trees. She'll be interested in the nu nuances of uh, becoming a better tree grower and be excited to talk to those that have taller trees to learn their tips and tricks. And even further, every time something happens uh, or something seems to go slower than Tom wants it to, something like an ice storm comes and stalls the tree growth, he has a meltdown. He throws a fit. He kicks the tree in frustration. He's constantly frustrated. Tree growing is so exhausting that Tom will need a day or two off just to recover the bandwidth he lost stressing about the height of his tree. Yeah. Jane wouldn't even notice the progress because she's here to get good at growing trees. The ice storm, just another opportunity to learn what to do to protect her tree, to protect it, given the inevitability of the unknown. I think she understands that there's going to be ice storms and things like this. So even if they have the same exact tree at the end of, let's say, a year or two, the process was a source of enjoyment for Jane. It was educational and cathartic. It was stressful, full of anxiety and misery for Tom. Tom's going to hate growing trees. The thought of repeating his success is overwhelming. What a nightmare tree growing is. Jane will grow trees in her spare time because of how enjoyable it is. So if you learn to fall in love with the process, the world will envy your mass of trees you've grown with seemingly so little effort. So fall in love with the process. It's always been the shortcut. And that's the story of the two of the tallest trees. Yeah. So what are some other things that happen? Your identity is tied to the tallest tree, right? I'm going to grow the tallest tree. Now you're, you're, you're associating your satisfaction, your emotions, your disappointment with the performance of the tree. If you're committed to the process, you're curious, right? Adversity, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how I can prevent this from happening again, right? And that curiosity leads to learning. That learning leads to improved processes. Whereas the other guy is so focused on the adversity, the victimology, you know, um, we see this all the time. We lost because of the officiating. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like you find reasons to explain your lack of success versus the other right. person's like, oh, these are things that are naturally occurring or they're going to happen. Black Swan events. Now I know how to better protect myself from Black Swan events. And it's not to say that after two or three years that Jane's going to have the tallest tree. Right. But there's going to come a point where Tom is going to stop caring about that tree, has moved on to something else. He's going to neglect that tree and Jane's going to win. Yeah. Well, and you, I love the analogy of the, of the referees. That makes so much sense to me because I used to complain all the time about the ref. (laughs) And, and I think when you have us, when you have these things, these unknowns, like the ice storm in that story, or the ref makes a bad call. Mm-hmm. The question is, is if you're, if you're so goal oriented and like, we have to win this game, mm-hmm. otherwise I'm going to be pissed. Uh, well, those things are going to piss you off. Right. You know, you're going to, you're going to be upset by that. Whereas someone who is in this to, to figure out how to be the best basketball player they can be says, wow, I forgot that I have to take into account the fact that the rest not always going to make the right call. Yeah. This or, is just normal part of it. Or, and I'm not athletic, right? I've just played a lot of basketball. I'm not athletic, but I just know going in, the officiating is going to suck and we got to play through the officiating. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, and so from this book, again, we're this, this concept of the tallest trees. And I, I think it, it's really well summarized in this book called Finite and Infinite Games by James Kars. Mm-hmm. So if you get a chance to pick that up, I highly recommend it because he says that a finite game is one that you're trying to win. We're playing this game to win it. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't have finite games in your life. Like some games are meant to be won. We're here just to win this game. But there's also infinite games. And he describes an infinite game as uh, a game that is played in order to continue playing it. Right? We're not playing it to win it. We're, continu- we're playing it so that we can continue playing it. The goal is to continue playing the game. So, yeah. for example, how do you win being the best husband? Is that a finite game? Or is the goal to be the best husband you can be or father or leader, right? You just, it's not a game that you're playing to win. You're playing so that you can continue playing it. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I I think that's just, it goes back to personal development. It's just every day I want to be a little bit better. And every day you want to get a little bit better. You want to work in the processes. You want to work on uh, the, the methodology, hanging out with good dads, right? You're only going to get better. And in the long term, it's better for everybody. That's playing the long game. And, you know, we're talking about the infinite game. Another way someone might look at it is, like, playing the long game. You've heard people say, oh, I'm playing the long game. Right? It's another way of saying playing the long game. It's just we're saying an infinite. Like, there's no end point here. There's no, there's no defined end point. The other thing, too, I heard you say, how can we make sure we're playing this game? Which goes back into what Nick and Dan has taught us. How do we make sure we never blow up? It's not about... It's cool to be the highest producer in a month, right? Production. It's cool to be the biggest player in your market over the course of your. Those are cool things to to be able to brag about. What we're merely suggesting is that it's more important to make sure you're here in twenty by the end of twenty twenty three, and twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five, right? Twenty three to whenever your desired 
end game is, or not end game, but you know, you solve a problem, you say, okay, I want to retire by this age. We want to make sure that you don't don't blow yourself up along the way because you're focused on a finite game versus the infinite game. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm just going to take a few notes that I took out of this book. Surprises. So here's the thing. When we talk about the solvable problem, mm-hmm. to me, that is a finite game. It's a game that we're trying to win. Mm-hmm. I want to get to a point where I have funded the things that I want in my life on my terms and on my timeline. That's, that's a game that I'm trying to win. There's a certain amount of money I need in order to accomplish that. Yep. And I'm trying to win that game mm-hmm. because I don't, my infinite game is not how much money can I make? You know, how much, um, there's a difference, I think. And I, I don't want to vilify making money. That's, I, I certainly, and <laughs> I'm a big fan of making a lot of money. I'm an extreme capitalist. We're on the same page. Yeah. But there's a difference, right? Is a shift in framework. Are you someone that says, I want to make $10 million per year and knowing that maybe you really only need like half a million Mm -hmm. to solve all your things. Um, There's a difference between saying, I want the tallest tree versus I want to get good at growing trees. And so let's translate this to money. Mm -hmm. It could be like saying, I want to make, there's two ways to look at that. One is a finite game might be saying, I want to make a hundred million dollars. Not saying that's a bad thing. What I am saying is uh, that's different than saying I want to get as good as I possibly can at business. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, just a subtle shift in orientation. Or I, I want to get really good at making money. Or making money or, or you know, whatever, whatever that is. Yes, in this case, it's like saying that. Now, another, I think, finite game that oftentimes we confuse is I want to make as much money as possible. What you've done is you've created an unlimited boundary because that is not necessarily a process orientation. Yeah. So you're still fixed on the outcome. I want to make as much money as possible, Mm -hmm. but you've you've not defined how to actually win that game. And you're just going to continue chasing more and more and more. Yeah. So and I want to talk about this later on in a different context before we get into it. You know, let's just talk about what are some examples of finite games? Deals per month, right? Deals per year. Revenue per month. Likes. Follows. Doors. Look, I've got thousands of doors. This is not me saying like this is something someone will say, right? Doors, units. Um, what are some other things that people like are that, that that they're chasing? Um, it could be, I want to take a vacation this year with it's, it's like, these are very goal oriented Mm -hmm. things. I mean, most of us have this, I want to do this many deals per year. I want to, um, make this many phone calls this week. Mm -hmm. I want to, uh, but I'm talking about stuff like where it's more ego driven, right? Cause I'm talking about like, you know, doors, transaction count, revenue, Likes, follows. These are more like vanity metrics. Let me give you another one. How about this? You're in CG Select and you say, I want to get into CG Premiere. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah, this is a, I mean, vanity, right? Like, I, like this is identity. And we're not saying it's a bad thing. It's just, it's for appearance sake, right? Well, it's, it's a notch on your belt. 
Yeah, and I there, we run the risk of of kind of talking on this show about this concept of people thinking that we don't think that goals, specific goals, smart goals, let's say, mm. are valid. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. What we're saying is we've got to differentiate between a finite game and an infinite game, you yeah. know, and what is your infinite game? Because oftentimes there's finite games within infinite games, right? Right. We, yeah, you have we to have milestones. Win. You got to have milestones. If you can't, yeah. you can't get there. If you don't have a, a fixed milestones. But like, instead of like, I want to be able, to, I want to wholesale ten deals a month. You might say, I want to be really good at wholesaling, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, I want to, you were saying, make a hundred million dollars. Like, I want to be really good at making money. Instead of saying, I want to have thousands of doors, like three thousand doors. You might say, I want to be really good at buying and maintaining doors yeah well because also when you when you define a specific like get a specified conclusion this is what has to happen mm -hmm. um you're you're not open to what we call time and randomness you're not open to the 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 possibilities that could present themselves to you mm -hmm. and so one of the one of the quotes i pulled out of this book it says to be serious is to press for a specified conclusion. This is the specific goal that I want. To be playful is to allow for possibility, whatever the cost to oneself. So, it again, it goes back to the tallest tree. The fact that the ice storm came and hit, is that a reflection on Jane? No. No, but Tom takes that as the world is against me. It's out to get me. You know, and and playful or curious. This is the orientation I think that most people that are in this uh, playing business, like a like an infinite game, mm -hmm. are seeing things. And I'll, again, I'll I'll give this example. You guys are maybe you've heard me say this before, but part of what my solvable problem is is to get to a place where I've got my finances where I want them to fund the things that I want in life. Because my infinite game, like I like to say. Is to play business like a sport, to play business like pickup basketball is this particular sport that I like to yeah. play. And why do I like pickup basketball? Well, <laughs> because I played on teams for a long time. I had obligations. We were trying to win a championship or a game or, or a title or whatever it was. And Part of the infinite, uh, the finite game of that is you've got practice, you've got obligation, you've got things that you have to do. Um, and it's, it's a lot more serious, right? It can be fun, but we're pressing for a specified outcome. We want to win this game. Yeah. What do I like about pickup basketball? As I'm getting older, it has nothing to do with winning or losing. Mm -hmm. The point of playing is so that I can stay in good enough shape so that I can continue playing into my later 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. I mean, I want to be the guy in his 60s that's still, you know, doing a crossover with a step back three pointer and hit the shot. That's not because I'm trying to win the game. Mm -hmm. The game for me is to continue playing. And so I found a way to sort of wrap my own interests and stories into what James Cars calls an infinite game. Yeah. And I can tell you, this is the reason why I quit playing golf. Right, because I was so frustrated playing it. I didn't play it with curiosity. I didn't play it like I want to get better, a little bit better every time. I played it in a such a way as like, all right, 
Here is my goal for today. Here's the score I want to hit. That consistently fail, right? Or on this particular hole, I want to get par, mm-hmm. right? I would keep setting these goals. It, it wasn't like, how can I get better at chipping? How can I get better at putting? It wasn't that curiosity. It was just constantly, all right, on this hole, it's a par four. I want to yeah. get it on the green in three. And what did that always lead to? Constant disappointment on the golf course. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> and then, golf is golf is a tough one yeah. um, if you're not approaching it as an infinite game. Right. right. And like if we were to talk about finite, right? Like, is there such a, such a thing as playing the perfect round of golf? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. No. Um, but that's the, that's the thing is there's always more, you know, you can always get better uh-huh. at golf. So I think that's what we're advocating for here is if you're approaching it as how do I get better at golf versus how do I beat the top score out mm-hmm. there? Both are, I'm not saying it's not a valid goal to have. What I am saying is that's, those are two different things and two different orientations. So if you're really trying to beat everyone else, then this actually goes back to the anti-fragile conversation that we've had. Mm-hmm. You know, when when the ice storm comes or bad things happen or you hit a bad ball on the, you know, you're chipping and you just you you completely whiff or something, right? You you hit behind the ball, massive divot, and the ball trickles forward five feet. Are you someone that says, wow, that's interesting. What do I do to fix that next time? How can I get better? Or are you someone that gets really frustrated with the process? <laughs> that's me. I get really frustrated with the process, which is why I'm, I'm better fit with basketball. Yeah, either the ball's getting thrown or the club's getting thrown. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so I, I think um, it's good to have finite games. And maybe that's a good place to, to kind of launch into – You've you've got to you've got to have clarity on what it is, what it means to win. Uh, what does success mean for you? When is it ever going to be enough? Mm-hmm. You know, because if your finite game is constantly moving the goalpost, and your goals constantly are these finite things that are keeping continuing to move further out, further out, further out, you're exposing yourself to two options. One is you get there, and it's like what your buddy was saying. Well, <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. You set a goal, and you hit that. Mm-hmm. Or you don't hit the goal, and you feel this anxiety. And again, what I think what I'm a big advocate for is define your solvable problem so that it is a winnable game because money can be an infinite game, but you've got to make that shift in your head. You've got to have enough, I think, certainty, financial certainty that you're going to be okay. Because if you want to have this playful approach towards business, you can't define what it needs to be because those, are, those two things are in conflict with each other. Yeah. You know, like we got Matt Hoover, right? He's in the Well Club. And his share yesterday I thought was phenomenal. Right now, they're trying to figure out how to reduce waste in their hamburger steaks. Weird concept, right? <laughs> Matt runs a, 
you know, country cooking kitchen outside of uh, Memphis. So yeah, right. So he's got a restaurant, and so what's he doing? He's running a process, and every every month they're focused on how to reduce the expenses on one particular line item. Is he going to cook the best burger in Memphis, or is he, or is he getting obsessed with the process so that he runs the most financially sound restaurant in Memphis? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's he's committed to the process. And so recession, whatever, things happen, these black swan events like this ice storm, you're better sheltered for it. And then I know before you continue, I just want to hit on one other thing. Uh, I can't remember who it was. It was a kicker. I think uh, I can't remember what team. But you want a Super Bowl, right? You want a Super Bowl. That's the goal. Every season is to win the Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl, and he was depressed because his identity was tied to winning the Super Bowl. And now that he's done it, he's got no identity. Mm. Right? So he's depressed. He was in a hotel room. He was like, is this all there is to life? Yeah. <laughs> when, <laughs> that doesn't sound like fun to me. Um, so be careful. What does it say? You play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah. If you, you got to be careful what game you're playing. Mm-hmm. And so, because if you play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. Right. Uh, and speaking of that, and speaking of these, I think we've all experienced uncertainty. You know, the problem with making plans is that surprise usually is detrimental to a, to a to a you know very well thought out plan. Well, mm-hmm. what happens when you run into something you didn't expect? Usually it's not beneficial to your plan. Right. Um and in this book he says surprise causes finite play to end. So you're trying to win the Super Bowl and then your quarterback blows his knee out. Mm-hmm. Surprise. Right? Well, yeah. now the finite game of trying to win that season, it's over, right? Right. But here's the thing. Surprise is the reason for infinite play to continue. And uh, infinite players continue their play in the expect- in the expectation of being surprised. The, the point of an infinite game is, is to experience all of the surprises, to learn about all the things that could happen. Wow, didn't expect that ice storm. Mm-hmm. Wow, didn't expect the quarterback to go down in week four, right before some big opportunity or something like this. And you're surprised by it. And it's what contributes to the continuation of play. So if surprise is no longer possible, like, and we know exactly what is going to happen, then all play ceases and i i just I, I don't know if i'm being too technical with this conversation but i think that's the difference here is when surprise happens are you someone that um is curious about that or is that are you the person going over and kicking the tree because you're like <laughs> man this is so frustrating it didn't happen exactly how i wanted it to happen mm-hmm. yeah well and it goes back to what we talked about right be certain on the destination, but uncertain how it's going to happen. 
right? Yes. There's going to be surprises. You're going to opportunity might present itself or, you know, and we're talking about like surprises generally lead the wrong directions. Like very rarely does a contractor come in and it's like, surprise, we got done early and under budget. <laughs> it's almost always over time and over budget. Um, like escrows don't, they very rarely close early. Generally, <laughs> the surprise is like, oh, we try to wholesale it after you wholesaled it to us. Or <laughs> our hard money lender or private money lender apparently needs to walk through this property before funding it, right? It's yeah. never a surprise that benefits us. It's very often, 90 plus percent of the time, a surprise that makes things way more complicated or more challenging. Yeah. And I think the more training you get, so he says to be prepared against surprise is to be trained. You can... Let's take sales training for example. Mm -hmm. You can train yourself to be prepared against all the objections that they might come up with. And I think of those as the little surprises that the sellers bring to the conversation. Yeah. And you can be trained on how to deal with these different things. But so to be prepared against surprise is to be trained. Mm hmm. To be prepared for surprise is to be educated. Um, and, and why I like that phrase is because there's a difference between being trained on something mm -hmm. versus being educated on like what reality is. The right. reality is there is no way to train for against every surprise that's out there. Right. You need to be able to dynamically adjust when there are surprises, because again, you're going to be frustrated when you get into a situation where you run into a surprise that you weren't trained for. Oh, I don't know how to handle this. Mm -hmm. That's training. Being prepared for surprise and saying like, I need frameworks because it's, there's so much randomness. How can you be prepared for every single possible surprise or outcome that's, that's out there? That's being trained. Being educated is knowing you can't train for everything. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to adjust and adapt on the fly. And I think that's the difference, what he's trying to explain here. And I think that's what we try to accomplish on this show is not to sit here and say, here's how you handle every single thing that's ever going to come up. Yeah. It's we want to be equipped with the toolbox, the tool belt, as we like to say, so that you can navigate the terrain because the unexpected is undefeated. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Unexpected things are going to happen. And are you someone that benefits from surprise? It makes you stronger or more anti-fragile. You know, when bad things happen, quote, bad things, we, we deem this as bad. If we're playing a finite game, yeah, we deem this as really helpful to help us adjust and update our, our understanding of reality when we're playing a finite game. So, or an infinite game. I'm sorry. So another way to look at this, when events occur, right? Interest rate hikes, COVID recession, bank shutting down, playing a finite game, you're focused on yourself. This sucks. 
I'm going to miss my goals. I'm going to miss my targets. Playing an infinite game, I'm actually excited every time bad things happen because I know that I'm equipped and my competition isn't. Mm-hmm. I know they're not prepared for this. I know they're not they have experiences. I mean, look at it, right? Like so many people started wholesaling in 2019, 2020. And a lot of those guys really aren't around anymore. Yeah. There are gurus who aren't around anymore. Crazy, right? And so you're talking about a finite game? Woe is me. This sucks. I can't believe this happened to me. Bad things always happen to me. For me, I'm here for the long run. And I've said this for the longest time. I treat people properly because I expect to be here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right? And with that, every time something bad happens, good. Because I know I'm better prepared for it than everyone else. Yeah. You just made me think of something. Um, I don't know if they can hear me squeaking here on my whiteboard. Um, Wow, 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 wow. What an incredible realization. The finite game is, is you're going to, if you're playing a finite game in business, it's likely that you're going to gear more towards transactional. Right. Because there's a finite end to that. Right. I want to close this deal. Well, again, there is no judgment. None of this is right or wrong. This is all preference. So play your game, first of all. But if you're in this business for an infinite game, the goal is not to. I do. Let me let me make this. So if you're trying to how to beat everyone else. Right. Here's Mm -hmm. how you beat everyone else. Get clarity on the things that you actually want so that we can go win that game. We need to define a game that's actually winnable. And Dan uses this uh, equation, because Dan's such a math nerd, and I love that about him. But it's like X plus Y equals 10. What is, what is Y? It's infinite. There are, there are no finite answers to that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way that most of us are trying to solve our money problems. We, we, we don't actually have a, a, a solvable problem here because we haven't defined what, what actually is important to us. So I'm advocating for if you want to beat everybody else, just get clarity on what you actually want so that you can play your infinite game, whatever that may be. And for me, it is truly just about relationships. My infinite game is to see how, and I think going through this process of articulating it is, is really helpful because I just like to say it as I play business like pickup basketball, but I think you and I, we're in the same boat here. We're mm-hmm. saying the same thing. It's how good can we get at business? How many incredible relationships can we pull into our life that we can you know, pour into them. They pour into us. This is not a game to be won. Mm -hmm. It's a game that we just want to continue playing, but you can only continue playing that. I believe if you have solved the, uh, you know, our core priorities in life, it's you're otherwise you're just in this constant anxiety loop of Mm -hmm. how do I get my money problems solved? So I'm a big fan of having a very winnable game with your finances, with clearly defined boundaries, and then define what's your long-term game, or your, I shouldn't even say long-term, infinite Mm -hmm. game is. 
And that's relationships for me. It is for me too. Yeah. Uh, so if you're looking for some actionable steps here, again, I, I don't want to talk too abstract with this. I, I think that it's pretty, pretty easy to understand a goal orientation versus a process orientation. So if you want to beat everyone else, if you want to rig the game for yourself, my advice is to define what we call the solvable problem. Now, here's some really basic ways that you can go about doing that. And I'm going to give you the shortcut methodology. Now, we take people through an entire 10-week process to get absolute clarity on everything in their life. And it might sound like hyperbolic. It's not. Clarity is not just about money. There's other things that we have to consider here. And I think we've done a really good job of demonstrating through like dozens and dozens of investors how to help people get clarity on this. Yeah. But that's a 10-week process, and we don't have that on this show. Mm -hmm. All right? So if you're looking for a shortcut on your solvable problem number, here's a recommendation. Because oftentimes... It's like, do I need a million? Do I need 5 million? Do I need 10 million? Ah, all the possibilities. It's too much. So here's how you shortcut this. I want you to take the amount of money that you would spend in a year to be able to fund all the things that you want. Maybe you've got kids. You got to put them through school. Um, you know, you, you've got your car. You got your house. You've got your insurance, all these things. Add all that up. I can tell you most people's comfort number, I learned this from Jack Bosch, is usually between uh, seven and about 12 grand. So feel free to like add a few preferences onto there. Maybe $20,000 a year, uh, I'm sorry, $20,000 a month is enough to fund everything that you want in life. Yeah. So here's the trick. Here's the cheat code. Take that number. So if it's 20,000, multiply it by 12. So that's 240K a year. And, and take whatever you would spend in a year and multiply it by 25. So in that case, if you wanted to spend $250,000 a year, you would need $6 million. Because if I gave you $6 million, what you could do is then, I, I don't need to go into all the details. You can invest it and withdraw at a 4% rate. We call this the rule of four, if you want to look this up. But with $6 million, you would be able to um, what Dan calls endow or fund your goals in perpetuity, so forever. So that way, your finite game is won. Now we have a winnable game. We need about yep. six million bucks. Yep, that's, and that's the shortcut. That's the shortcut. I want to uh, as we're as we're winding down. I want to kind of touch on one, something else, right? Like Cole Taylor, he spoke at the last Collective Genius event, and he talked about um, your your uh, health targets. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there was a couple of different things that he said that really made an impact for me. And it goes back to finite and infinite. If I'm trying to get to 190, Hey, that's not really uh, a finite or infinite game, but I'm trying to get to 190. And I say, Paul, I have to have my diet be this exact way. And we're human. Our willpower wanes, our discipline wanes. And so Friday night, you have this terrible cheat meal. What happens if you're playing a finite game? 
Oh, shame. Guilt. Shame. Yeah, I feel terrible. I can't believe I let myself down again. I'm so emotionally weak, mentally weak. Darn it all. And then screw it. Forget the 190. That's the finite game. Infinite game. They're saying I'm trying to get to 190. I'm training to get 190. I am training to be 190 pounds. Right? That's the target. Trying versus training. Different mm. uh, mental programming. And then I'm training to get to 190. And every time I stuff something in my face, it's a vote. Am I voting for 190, Steve? Or am I voting for, you know, fatter, less effective, Steve? That's a vote. But it's an infinite game. But we're not saying, oh, you had this cheat meal. You're a terrible person. Forget it. You were never going to be 190. It's like, okay, we had a hiccup. We had an ice storm event. <laughs> we had an ice storm event where we went to Cold Stone Creamery, right? But we get back on track, mm-hmm. right? We don't just give up the game because we're not playing a finite game anymore. We're playing an infinite game. And I thought that was so powerful for the framework to say, to allow yourself to forgive yourself for making mistakes, for not being perfect. But when we're playing a finite game, it, takes, it goes back to the golf course. Why did I top the ball off? Why did I slice it out of bounds? Why did I slice it in such a way where it's on the other holes, fairway, right? You get so frustrated with yourself when playing a finite game. Playing an infinite game, oh, that's interesting. Why did that happen? Well, I'm not going to shame myself. It was a moment, and we're going to move on. Yep. It, it works in health. It works in just every area of your life. Um, I, I do believe that the most successful people are the people who play these infinite games mm-hmm. because when bad things happen, they aren't phased. It's, it's, it's a playful, curious approach to goal setting. Uh, and what we're saying is goal setting in terms of a milestone is – not necessarily a bad thing to do, but we've got to have clarity on why we want that and not confuse that with the infinite game. Because once you can, yeah, back away from the situation, when you have sellers that, I mean, if you've been in this business long enough, you should know this. There's, there's going to be surprises everywhere. Real estate is full of it. you know. And if you're carrying this anxiety home with you, I would challenge you to reflect. You've got to do journaling, right? You've got to go through this process of of really journaling and reflecting on what game am I trying to win here? And what game am I playing just so that I can continue playing it? And man, I'll tell you, it was tough, tough realization for me when I realized that, you know, the wholesaling business was a game that, was a means to an end for me. I was using it to try to solve my financial problem. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, I just wasn't aligned. This wasn't a game that I could play forever. And that's actually something we talk about in the certainty operating system is, is this a game that you can continue playing forever? Because if not, then we need to very clearly define what is winning look like. And, and then be willing to say over time, uh, this isn't get me closer to what I want, which is, for me, is happiness and fulfillment in business. That comes through relationships. And for me, again, this is all just personal preference for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think what, I, what we're hoping that everybody takes away from this is 
the people who are unbeatable for, for whatever reason, I'm thinking of Alex Ramosi right now, mm-hmm. you know, that guy is, he, he has such a energy about him that he's just trying to be the best version of himself. He can possibly be the best version of him, of himself in business. There is no winning that for him. And therefore there is no losing. He doesn't lose. Why? Because he's designed an infinite game. You can't win or lose an infinite game. The point of it is just to continue playing. Yeah, and I think another way to look at this, everyone else, right? You're thinking of Hermosa. I'm thinking of Jocko Willing. He made a video. Good. Hey, mission that we planned? Good. Right? No matter what the news is, good. Because he gets to be curious on how to get better, right? Mission got uh, canceled? Good. Now we can better prepare for our next mission. Right, so we're also focused on the woe is me, whereas you, the infinite game is good. So uh, before we wrap it up, uh, Paul and I got some really good news, right on Wednesday. Things really cool, uh, but we can't announce it yet because it's not official. So <laughs> stay tuned, pay attention to Paul's social media, pay attention to my social media. Um, I think it's gonna be great. It's, it's gonna be awesome for us. Um, and if you guys are interested in learning how to implement a reliable, profitable Filling business. Uh, we invite you, you know, first, buy Rigging in the Game. I recommend this book three times in the past week. It's the most I've done it in a week, right? But they're asking me questions like, can, I just, can we just slow this down a little bit? Before I can even answer this question, I have a few more questions, right? One of them was, which currency is most important to you? Like, what do you mean? It's like, all right, so we got to un- unpack that, right? And after we did that, highly recommend reading Rigging the Game. So buy Rigging the Game. And if you enjoy the book, uh, understand, you know, Paul's been working with Nick and Dan, learning directly from them. Uh, If you have any questions on how Paul and I are implementing these principles inside of our business, we invite you to go to realestatecertainty.com, schedule a call. All we ask is, you know, just make sure you read the book before you talk with Paul so that he can add more context to help you kind of unpack or really uh, diagnose what's going on uh, in, in your in your life and business. Yep, happy to do it. And this stuff is really powerful. And it, I do think it starts by uh, <clears throat> reflecting. So part of what we learned in Rigging the Game and out of this book and the Certainty Operating System and all the things that we're talking about here can be summarized, in my opinion, in uh, what we call the three Cs. So the first C is clarity. And I think what we're talking about today is clarity on what game are we actually playing here? Mm-hmm. Uh, is this a, is this, are we playing a game that we're trying to win or are we playing a game that we're trying to just continue playing because we want to play it? So we got to get clarity. That's the first C. Once we know where we're going and, and what our, you know, what we're trying to accomplish here, the second C is certainty. And this is the, the, the road, this is the how the toolbox, how to navigate the decisions in your life. Should I wholesale this house? Should I flip this house? Should I go into a new market? Should I not? Um, Should I try to get into bigger deals or should I not? Should I be transactional or relationship-based? These are all the types of things that we help you navigate. And this has made a massive impact on our, our business. So second C is certainty and the third C is what we call collapse time. Now that we know where we're going, we're gonna look for ways to get there with less risk and less effort over time. And so this is a very systemized process. I'm 
I'm clearly passionate about this stuff, right? So I do this for people because I enjoy it. This is my infinite game. Mm. So if you've read Rigging the Game and you're interested in how to get more clarity, more certainty in your life, you want to build more reliable, profitable, and fulfilling businesses, I'm happy to share with you how we're applying this inside of our businesses. This is... Um, a 45-minute session, I'll sit down with you and I'll show you exactly how we do that. So I encourage you, if you're interested in learning more, please read that book, set up a time with me, and I would you know, very much look forward to showing you how we're applying this in our real estate businesses. All right, perfect. So thank you guys for watching. See you guys next week and stay tuned for a big announcement.